This podcast episode is brought to you by Coors Light. These days, everything is go, go, go. It's nonstop hustle all the time. Work, friends, family expect you to be on 24-7. Well, sometimes you just need to reach for a Coors Light because it's made to chill. Coors Light is cold lagered, cold filtered, and cold packaged. It's as crisp and refreshing as the Colorado Rockies. It is literally made to chill. Coors Light is the one I choose when I need to unwind. So when you want to hit reset, reach for the beer that's made to chill. Get Coors Light in the new look delivered straight to your door with Drizzly or Instacart. Celebrate responsibly. Coors Brewing Company, Golden, Colorado. You're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast, the official podcast of RaidersBeat.com. What's up, Raider Nation? This is Wayne Mabry, a.k.a. The Violator, and you're listening to the Raider Cody Podcast Show. Get your ears on and get some of this. Yeah! What's up, Raider Nation? Another week here on the podcast. Things are rolling smooth. What's going on, Chris? Cody, Raider Nation, what's going on, man? Ready to dive into some Raiders talk, bro. Yeah, as usual, man. I, I'm, I'm excited, dude. Uh, as usual, I'm extra pumped again because there's just so much to talk about, man. We got uh, a lot of depth stuff being filled up, players still being added. They're not exciting, but it's enough to shake up the roster and enough to talk about, so I'm ready to dive into it. I feel you, man. It's like being a Raider fan. It's it's a year-round thing, man. There's no off season, so you know when you're trying to check out every move and seeing them improve the football team, it's it's a lot of fun to to think about and and you know just to get excited for the upcoming season, bro. There we go. And two things for you listeners: uh, we launched the Raider Cody Foundation, so make sure you're following us on Twitter at Foundation RCP. Uh, doing some good things. We got the package. Get ready to go out to the first family here anytime this week. Also, keep the Feller family in your prayers for us. And also, we're adding back our phone call session. Um, I know I got you guys out of your groove by taking a few weeks off, but we're opening it back up. Uh, make sure you call into the phone number, 808-650-7220. If you haven't called in before, it's super easy. Just a voicemail. Drop a question. Drop a topic. And we'll definitely uh, chop it up. And um, we got a good guest this week, Chris. Fallon Smith. Yeah, dude, she's a really big fan of hers, man, since, you know, she used to obviously work pretty closely alongside covering the Raiders, and, you know, her work is is awesome, and, uh, you know, obviously she has a pretty cool podcast going on with ex-Raider James Jones. Yep. Uh, excited to bring her on, man. It should be fun. Yeah, Bay Area native, big Raider fan, uh, definitely ready to get her on the phone, but first, let's knock out these announcements. NFL owners have unanimously approved the Raiders Stadium lease for 2019. It's finally official with an option for 2020. Former Raiders cornerback Rashawn Melvin has signed with the Detroit Lions. The Raiders have signed backup quarterback Landry Jones. Shortly after releasing him, wide receiver Jordy Nelson has announced his retirement from the NFL. The Raiders have signed running back Isaiah Crowell to a one-year deal worth up to $2.5 million. Within an hour after, the Raiders signed former Bronco linebacker Brandon Marshall to a one-year deal worth $4.1 million. 
Then the Raiders ended the week, signing tight end Luke Wilson to a one-year contract. Like I said, Chris, not a bunch of flashy signings, but some good depth stuff and enough players to go in there and shake up the roster, that's for sure. Yeah, I mean, they're filling out a 90-man roster right now and you know, bringing in guys to fill needs, fill some holes pre-draft. That way they can go into the draft, already have their needs taken care of, and they can just take best player available. And I love the approach that Mayock and Gruden are taking. You know, I mean, Crowell can play, and so can Brandon Marshall. They can be, you know, not massive, you know, super high impactful players, but they could be solid starting players for this team if they earn it in training camp. Yep, it's definitely enough to create some buzz. And as much as I want to dive into that, Chris, I cannot wait to get our guest on the phone, Fallon Smith. So let's go ahead and give her a call first. Let's give her a buzz, man. All right, so we got special guest on the phone, Fallon Smith, who is one of my favorite sports anchors and reporters coming out of the Bay Area. And thanks for coming on, Fallon. How are you doing? Oh, thanks for having me. I know I'm out of the Bay Area, but actually I'm technically right now out of Columbia, Missouri. <laughs> oh, there we go. I don't know if you knew that. Okay. Did you not know that? Well, we know your your husband's the coach over there, right? Yeah, he coaches uh, for the Mizzou basketball team. Um, he's one of the coaches. He's not the head coach. But um, so I made the move to Columbia, Missouri because, you know, a long distance marriage um, was just not feasible. So... <laughs> Nope. So I'm here yeah. in Columbia, Missouri for the last, what, 10, 11 months since I left NBC Sports Bay Area. So, yeah. Oh, there you go. And right. obviously, I'm, I'm going to kind of, we're a strictly Raiders podcast, but we're going to scoot over a little bit into your wheelhouse a little bit. Uh, you're uh -huh. watching March Madness. How's that going? What are you watching? Okay, well, I'm not uh, in a good mood right now. You guys caught me at a terrible time because uh -oh. <laughs> Purdue just lost to Virginia and they should have put the game away in regulation. But long story short, I was pulling for Purdue because I have a lot of friends who went to Purdue. The head coach of Mizzou, Konza Marn, he played at Purdue. His wife went to Purdue. My husband actually uh, worked at Purdue. That was one of his first jobs um, out of college. So um, I was pulling for Purdue, and they tricked it off in OT. So I wasn't really, wasn't well, really happy about that. I watched pieces of it, and that Carson Edwards, I don't see how that kid did not put that game away. Oh, my he was goodness. He was unconscious, but you can't win with just one player. You know what exactly. I'm saying? Exactly. And, and I'm somebody who has been anti the up three foul rule. Does he, you know what I'm saying? So, like, I know I love Coach Painter. Okay, he gave my husband a job. Um, but I was against, you know, you're up three, and then you foul to put them on the line. Yes, Purdue should have blocked out and got the rebound. Okay, and then they would have put the the game away because he missed the uh, second of the one on one, the one and one, uh, and that would have basically been the game if they got the rebound. But they did it, and what happens? They get the offensive rebound, and then uh, they tie it up, and we're going to OT, and then Purdue loses in OT. So, you know, hindsight's always twenty twenty. You know, you could always say I shouldn't have told them to foul. To, to put them at the free throw line should have just yeah. made them, you know, win it or tie it with the three and force OT, you know what I'm saying? And do it yeah. that way. But um, I'm just, I have never been for the up three and you fell and put them at the line. I've never been for that. But anyway. Well, the, 
Yeah, that's definitely more in your wheelhouse because you're almost half speaking Spanish to me there for a little bit. I didn't really oh, quite. Oh, <laughs> like, what like, are yeah. you talking about? Anyway. I'm like, yeah, yeah, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> but <laughs> okay, we can talk about now, I just know, yeah, I just know there's Zion Williamson who's pretty yeah, dominant. Other than that, I'm not really big on the college basketball game. And you know what's so funny? I was reading today, they compared him. One um, national basketball reporter was like, I could not put my finger on who Zion Williamson reminded me of. And they said Khalil Mack. Oh, and, oh and yeah, then, I saw that. Then, Adam Schefter oh. said something about that, too. But then the yeah. funny thing is, uh, Jack Del Rio, he weighed in and said he agrees. Wow. And, they, and that was really funny because obviously he coached Khalil Mack. So, so can we draft uh, him as defensive yeah. end for the Raiders? He's going to the Knicks <laughs> first overall. Yep, yep. <laughs> Yeah, we'll, we'll see is. what happens. But but anyways, I thought that was a pretty good comparison. He and Jack Del Rio basically uh, agreed because of their explosiveness and their build. And mm. believe it or not, though, Zion has like thirty more pounds on him than Khalil Mack does. Sheesh! Wow, it's a big he's, boy. He's ridiculous. He's yeah. boy. They're gonna probably make him lose some weight in the NBA though when he gets there. I, I guarantee it because you can't be playing at two eighty five. Like, His no. body's gonna break down. Yeah, absolutely. I wonder. I wonder if Zion though would let Derek Carr dunk on him in pool basketball though. Like, <laughs> that'd be an interesting thing to find out. No, that ain't happening. That ain't happening ever. <laughs> <laughs> oh man. But uh, Fallon from from one podcaster to another. How's the yeah. show keeping at three hundred going? And uh, well, how, or should I say how James calls it? Uh, tree hunted. How's the how's the show going? 300. Oh my goodness! <laughs> so it's so funny because um, the podcast was it was basically both of our ideas because I was talking about how um, I was approached by somebody, um, Kevin Jones. I'm not sure if you know who Kevin Jones is, but he used to cover the 49ers. He was a longtime DC reporter. Mm-hmm. Um, he covered the NFL for a few years, and um, he decided that he you know wanted to get into corporate America, so he started working for Facebook. But then, like, this whole time he had this idea in his head that he wanted to start a podcast network. And the podcast network, I'm not sure if you guys know about it, but it's called Blue Wire. Yeah, yeah, and, yeah. Yeah, so when when I left and he knew I wasn't working, I was just, you know, in Missouri, he approached me about, the, you know, about doing my own podcast. And I was just talking, you know, as you guys know, James has been my friend for over 20 years. And me and James were just, you know, talking on the phone one day. And he said, man, people on my network are trying to tell me that I should start a podcast to expand my brand because you know how I am. I'm not even on social media, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> and I said, well, somebody actually approached me to do a podcast. You want to do it with me? And he was like, oh, OK. But here's the thing. I'm doing all the work for the podcast. OK, <laughs> James is like he and he'll tell you because we actually talk about it in uh, this week's podcast that we just released. Um James is somebody who's one, he's super busy because, you know, he works for the NFL network. Mm-hmm. And now that it's off season, he hasn't spent a lot of time with his kids. So he's doing everything, taking them to school, going to all their, you know, practices, et cetera. So I have to beg him to just, you know, carve out one hour of your time, James, just one hour of your time <laughs> each week. And it is like pulling teeth. But when, but it's so funny because we're we're friends, so I can give him crap about it. But 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 he loves. It. I give him. He gives me crap for like making him wake up at six a.m. to get it done, um, or doing it super late at night. 
But anyways, we're having a lot of fun because we're just two friends who grew up together, you know, in San Jose. And, uh, you know, we've obviously come a long way. And the podcast, you know, as you as you guys know, we thought when we released our first one at the end of September, like, oh, we're, we're going to automatically get a bunch of listeners because, you know, we have a bunch of followers on Twitter. Right. Yeah. Yeah. But we thought. And then we was like, oh, dang, only 300 people listening to us? Hold up, hold up. <laughs> okay, yeah, hold up. Yeah, do something. <laughs> but, it, I mean, I actually felt super discouraged. But then I was talking to a bunch of podcasters who are very successful in the business, and they said, look, it took a year for us to, to uh, you know, build our following. We, we're getting there. I mean, the good news is, like, we're way up from that, <laughs> obviously. <laughs> but it's so hard, you know, to promote because people are used to seeing me on TV. People don't really know what Keeping It 300 is about. Mm-hmm. Uh, all of our listeners, when we talk about the Raiders, our podcast where we talk about the Raiders, that's where we get our most listens. Yeah. So now <laughs> we're actually thinking, should we rebrand it? You know what I mean? James mm-hmm. is completely against rebranding it, but but we're thinking of me and Kevin Jones are thinking of rebranding it because that's where we're going to get um, the big numbers. If we say like, let's just say we rebrand us, keeping it, th- keeping it silver and black. You know what I'm oh. saying? Oh, and we okay. actually specialize in like the Raiders. Then we're going to get a ton of Raider following. But our idea going into this was we just want to have fun, talk about whatever, whether it be the bachelor, the Raiders, the Packers, you know, LeBron James, Steph Curry. We wanted to be able to talk about anything. And it's kind of hard to get people on board to listen to every single episode if you're not honing in on a, on a specialization. And if you're not like a big name, let's say like a Jamil Hill, who is about to start a you know podcast uh, via Spotify and people just love her. So they'll listen to her about uh, listen to her talk about anything. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Oh, 100%. So, so we're working out the kinks. It's been a yeah. few months. So, you know, it, it's been, we've, our uh, listeners have gotten, you know, greater and greater each month. But what we have realized is the Raiders, whenever we talk about them, Raider Nation, they listen. So, yeah, there's only there one nation, and that's the Raider Nation. We're very <laughs> passionate. So, hey, that's, uh, you're saying this at a good time on a good podcast because we've, we've built ourselves, it's been a few months, we've built ourselves a pretty good following base. And uh, so now anyone tuned in, make sure if you've tried out keeping it 300 and they, they weren't talking about your silver and black Raiders enough, uh, make sure you tune back in soon because they might be uh, shifting gears a little bit for you. Yeah, we so, might be shifting gears. So, I like that. I like that. So, since we're on the topic of the Raiders here, um, yep. Go figure here on the Raider Cody podcast. We're going to talk about the Raiders a little bit. <laughs> <talk> about Raiders? <laughs> uh, you know, being a San Jose native, uh, I know you worked for the Raiders NBCS Bay Area. And yeah. lately, like you've already said, you're talking about rebranding. I've noticed a lot of your podcast is the Raiders. Or if you're talking about football, it's mostly about the Raiders. So I'm going to guess you're a very rooted fan um, as much as you talk <laughs> about it or not. Um, but where did that begin? Uh, where, where did your... Where'd you start rooting yourself in the silver and black and how has it evolved through your professional career? Whether that's, um, being a sports anchor, whether that's being inside the locker room, how has that grown? Well, that's a very good question. Um, and as you can already tell, I like to talk a lot. So I remember I told you, uh, you know, how long is it going to be? You're like 10 minutes. It's okay if we go over, right? Cause I, I oh. have all the time now. We got we all talking. We're, we're, we're happy to listen. We're happy to have you <laughs> okay, on. Okay. That's great. Going. That's great. I'm going to okay, get comfy. But, uh, <laughs> well, um, I've been a fan of the silver and black since I came out of my mother's womb. Okay. Like seriously, you guys probably like, shut up, but here's the backstory. Okay. My entire family are Raider fans. Okay. 
at my parents' house. The bonus room is basically a Raiders sh- shrine room, like with all Raiders memorabilia, especially from the glory days. My dad was a huge Ken Stabler fan. Oh, yeah. Um, but the biggest reason the Raiders and the Coliseum in particular is near and dear to my heart is because back in the 1960s, my grandfather built the Oakland Coliseum Ooh. and what is now Oracle Arena. He was the wow. head superintendent. So he was the big man in charge of those two big projects. And even on his tombstone, when he died when I was little, his tombstone, it says, the man who built the Oakland Coliseum and Arena. So, yeah, that's how I've become a huge Raiders fan because my grandfather built the Coliseum. Um, I know it was like 50 years ago back in the 1960s and people want to call it a dump because, yes, it is a dump right now. I am highly aware. Everybody is highly but aware. <laughs> but it's our freaking dump, okay? <laughs> and it was really nice back then in the 60s when it was built. So stop hating. Yeah. Um, and then, you know, when I covered the Raiders uh, with NBC Sports Bay Area for five years, you're supposed to remain unbiased, right? Mm-hmm. Um, and it's funny because whenever I reported anything negative, fans would come for my neck okay they call me a raider hater among other vulgar vulgar things um that i will not say on this podcast (laughs) but i'm pumping brakes y'all like i'm just doing my job my heart is with the silver and black like i've been a fan since i was born you know what i mean um but it was tough i will i will say this 2013 was the first year i started covering them (laughs) and um I, you know, let's say I started technically officially in this business. My first on-air job was 2008. I worked behind the scenes when I graduated college at 2000, uh, in 2006. But I was pretty okay covering teams because I had no connection with them, right? So I was unbiased, whatever, yeah. doing my job. Whatever. But then in 2013, when they put me on the Raiders beat, not going to lie, I remember first game on the road, Indianapolis Colts. And I don't know if you remember, uh, Terrell Pryor throws an interception to end the game. Yeah, I remember that. I thought we were going to win that game, too. He was driving us down the field. I was like, man, that was was week one, right? Yes, that was week one, first game. So that was my first game, okay, by the way. Now, I'm in the... (laughs) I'm in the press box, and you know how they always say if you've been in a in a press box, there's no cheering in the press box, right? <laughs> and I wasn't cheering, but my point was it was my first real game covering the Raiders, and you don't understand, every Sunday when I watch the Raiders, I'm a psycho, right, at home. Oh, yeah. But oh, now yeah. that I'm covering the team, I could not sit still in the chair. Like Scott Bear was like, Fallon, stop it. Or like, Fallon, chill out. I remember him being like, girl, like looking at me all crazy because I didn't know how to like control my emotions in that environment. <laughs> and then the post-game show was just like terrible. Like, I remember how, how rough my first year was. I'm not even oh, going to Oh, man. So Come on, Scott. You got to let her cheer now. No, but it was <laughs> a Raider fan. It was just about like me being a fan and having to separate the fandom and the work, right? Yeah. Because seriously, my first year at NBC Sports Bay Area was a train wreck. I'm not even going to sit up here and lie. I was thrown <laughs> into the fire with no guidance. And at the same time, I'm a Raiders fan and they're terrible. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So it was just so hard. And I'm supposed to be getting players out of the locker room every single game after they lose. You know, it was tough. 
But anyway, so that, that that's, uh, I guess, the story of, you know, being a Raiders fan and covering the team. And now I've learned, obviously, after that first year, like, girl, act like you've been here before. I, I definitely, <laughs> you know, grew and learned how to do my job. And that's when the fans came and started hating on me because I was actually doing my job. And unfortunately, yeah. sorry, Raider fans, they were trash. <laughs> so, <laughs> oh, dude. I don't blame yeah, you. Yeah, no. We're as positive. We're as positive as it gets, and if we even make one comment at times, it's like we're being super negative and we get heat for it. So we yeah. can understand when you have to be unbiased at times as a reporter, a writer, or just covering the team. Man, I can't imagine. But I just can't get past that your grandfather, your family built, helped That's build right. the Oakland Coliseum and Oracle Arena. Like There has been so much history at that at those two uh sports venues that is amazing uh you know obviously you know super bowls for the raiders and and the warriors obviously the last few years have been tremendous so that's got to be so special and obviously they're both going to be moving on from those venues but man that's uh I had no idea, and I'm so glad that you shared that with us. Hey, but guess what? That means you don't listen to my podcast because I mentioned it on my podcast. Okay. <laughs> That's how you know. Hey, real quick, real quick now. Cody swamps me, okay? I have to prep hours and hours for this, and then I got to play with my kids and make my wife happy. Okay? And I work, too, you know, to pay the mortgage. Cody doesn't care no. about that No, much. no, no, no. It goes podcast, Cody, then Chris's life. That's how it works here. I'm swamped here. I'm <laughs> okay, I'll, I'll give you a pass. Okay. All right, cool. I get a pass now. Hey, you keeping it silver and black though? I'm gonna tune in every week or every month whenever you, you might launch actually, it. Actually, like if we relaunch it, re it, yeah. I have to convince James. I'm telling you, he's giving me so much crap every time I bring it up. No, we're not doing it. No. I'm like, oh my god, James. Oh, I so did. Anyway. I did listen to the one that you had uh, Derek Carr on. I think last year, right? Like a few weeks into the well, season. Yeah, I think you had we, Derek it was on. like, was was like one cool. of our first guests. Yeah. Oh, okay. No, that was really and good. And he was so. in his car. He was in his car. I remember actually before we started, it kept like cutting off, and we kept having to hang up on him. <laughs> and then like he was going underneath the tunnel. Like I was like, oh, Derek, Jesus. <laughs> So I was like, I didn't know you were gonna put us on speakerphone in your car, like oh. um, after practice. Like this sounds like trash. But what, you know, what's so funny? Everybody listens because it's Derek Carr, so they don't care. <laughs> yeah, I don't. I don't remember having any, you guys having any issues, so I clearly didn't notice. I'm glad. <laughs> I, it's called editing. <laughs> yeah, there you go. Um, so I wanted to ask you. Uh, so this past season, um, you know, obviously there's some national narratives going on uh, regarding Derek Carr. Um, Lee Smith, he set the record straight, you know, in an interview that he requested everyone to come and, and listen to what he had to say. And, um, you know, he, he, he basically, you know, said, hey, you know, he's our leader. We love him. We respect him. But as someone that's been in that locker room, you know, yeah. up close and personal with this football team, can you talk about Derek and his – you know, influence on the team, his leadership and the type of impact, positive or negative, he has in that locker room? The thing is, Derek Carr is the epitome of what a leader is. Yeah. And I was telling you before this podcast, you know, um, you have to buy into his style, though, right? Mm -hmm. He is a talker. He is someone who talks to talk, but he also leads by example, right? He's one of the first person, uh, person at the facility. He's one of the last to leave. He uh, is in the playbook constantly, you know. Um, and the thing is, he – what? How, how do I put this? Because I remember I, I was talking to – okay, I was talking to 
Donald Penn about this before. And James, okay, because James is going to vouch for him. James calls him Baby A-Rod. The thing about okay. Derek, he is so nice, and some people question, is this genuine, right? Because he is such a good dude. He says, mm-hmm. I love you, man. I love you, bro. I love you. To the media, he even says, I love you guys. But it's because he's a man of God, and he's, mm-hmm. he's really strong in his faith. And that's just how he is and walks every single day in, in his faith. Um, and some people might not buy into that, if that makes sense. Um, especially when they're losing, right? Because these yeah. questions never were brought up until they were really losing. His, fir- his first year, that didn't count, okay? When they started 0-10, that didn't count. He was a rookie. Yeah. But I'm saying, like, after the 2016 season, you know, now everybody's questioning him in 2017. You know what I mean? It's like, what? Derek is a leader, but it's because he's so nice. Sometimes you want to shake him. He does not curse. He got mad when someone said he said the word damn, like quoted him wrong. He said, I said dang. He got mad about that. I remember that. You know what I'm saying? Yes. I don't remember. I think it might have been Levi or one of the – I don't want to call it Levi. I love Levi. Uh, But it was one of the beat writers. They were like, my bad. All right. I didn't know. But but the thing is, like, being around – like, Donald Penn had said, yeah, sometimes I want to shake him. Being like, get mad. We're losing. We suck right now. Get freaking mad. And he refuses. Everything is his fault. He he will take a responsibility for every single loss, even when it's not his fault. That's who he is. Wouldn't you rather have a guy like that? And even though it might get tired, you know, people might get tired of it because it's like the same song and dance every single loss. Put this on me. Put this loss on me. I get that that's tiring as a fan. You don't want to hear that. You know what I'm saying? But wouldn't you rather have that than a Big Ben who does not take accountability for his actions and points the finger and blames everybody else? Yeah. Wouldn't you want to have Derek Carr as your quote-unquote leader? As far as his style goes, you know what I'm saying? There's a reason why it didn't work out with Antonio Brown. You're telling me that the best receiver in the National Football League couldn't get along with Big Ben? Like, what? How do you guys not get along? All you yeah. guys want to do is win, right? All you guys want to do is win. So why is is there a problem? And the funny thing is, James, on our last podcast, or maybe two podcasts ago, he compared Pittsburgh to a prison, basically. <laughs> I, I, I remember this, yes. You remember this, yes. He said uh, Antonio Brown coming to the Raiders is basically like him getting out of prison. He is now free. Antonio Brown is now free because he is free from having to shut his mouth and accept that, you know, Big Ben is pointing the finger and he's saying, yeah, that's my quarterback and, you know, having his back because nothing's his fault. And now he is free. And the thing about, which I love, uh, about Antonio Brown is the enthusiasm that he has brought to the Raiders so far. It's like infectious, right? And his work ethic obviously is invaluable. Oh yeah. Um, but like I said, I cannot believe that people are questioning Derek Carr's leadership because that is like number one, one of the characteristics. If you said describe Derek Carr, I would say leader. That's the first thing I would say. Yeah. Like, how are you going to question him? I've been in the locker room for, since his rookie season. Guys love that dude. But here's what the problem is: when you're losing. Everybody points a finger and tries to find blame. The yeah. defense, oh, it's the offense's fault. Oh, it's and then when the receivers aren't getting the ball, oh, it's Derek Carr's fault. You know what I'm saying? Like everyone's yeah. pointing fingers because they were losing. When they're winning, they love him. 
So everybody needs to shut up and pump the brakes, okay? Because he's a true leader. And I'm not saying that just because, you know, I know him and I'm cool with him. I'm saying that because I've seen it firsthand. Yeah, it seems like a like Dang. a double standard too sometimes, because they they want Derek Carr to point the finger more or point blame, but it's like then when you think about it, why would you want him to do that? Why would you want him to split things in the locker room? You're like you're almost you almost you're encouraging him to do the things that you're blaming him for. That's because not really the happening. biggest problem, as you heard from even Le'Veon Bell, you see all the players who have left the Steelers are talking about Big Ben not taking yep. accountability. People who are still there trying to have his back because guess what? That's how it's ran. Yeah. You got to have Big Ben's back. Yeah, and right? it's just crazy. You look at Derek, and he gets along with everybody. I mean, he could and he could be best friends with the dorky punter, or he could be best friends with Beast Mode and Marshawn Lynch. So and it's one of those uh, things. And listen to that. A.B. A. B. and him are literally working out almost every single day together. Yeah. They're, and and did you see the video that they posted when he went to uh, Derek Carr's house? Yeah. And A.B., his face lit up and yeah. he's like, I love you, bro. Could I get a hug? Could I get a hug? I mean, <laughs> I mean, that is so encouraging. And and listen, obviously it sounds great right now, right? Everyone's pumped up because they think that it, cause right now it, it looks good. It sounds good. The big question is when times get rough, you yeah. know, and maybe the Raiders only win six games in 2019 and, and missed the playoffs. How will AB act then? That's the big question. Yeah. But right now, it seems all good. It seems all positive. And right now, I'm going to be a believer because I just love everything that I have seen so far uh, through the videos and their interaction. And also hearing James Jones talk to um, Derek and AB, you know, uh, yep. uh, not, I'm not going to say off the record, but, you know, they've, they've spoken and they're super pumped up and they really are as close in the short amount of time since he signed, then they are trying to portray. They it is real. So anyway. Okay. I so appreciate that detailed answer. That's exactly what I thought, you know, but obviously sometimes there's narratives that get out there that are incorrect and it's so great for you to set the record, kind of like Lee Smith did. And then just kind of speaking about next season, obviously we have the draft next month. Yeah. I just want to ask you, number four overall for the Raiders, who do you want <laughs> to join the silver and black? <laughs> Uh, man, this is tough because you know what? I'm not a GM and uh, I don't want to be somebody who, who, uh, you guys could play this back. <laughs> you know? Just hey, you know our takes are wrong. So <laughs> you know, you know, like, oh, she wanted Josh Allen. Ah, oh, he was a bust. And then I'm talking trash okay. about Mike Mayock and John Gruden having to hit a home run in this draft. And I was the one like vouching for Josh Allen, but they went with Mike okay. Williams or something. I'm you setting know? you up for failure here. Yeah, for failure, man. We'll open up the back door for you. It's okay. <laughs> we all know. Here, this is what I'm going to say. The Raiders need an edge rusher. That is yeah. not breaking news. That is not breaking news. Okay? Can we, can we tell somebody that that can make that decision? We need to tell somebody. Can we call Mike Mayock and remind him that we need a we need an edge rusher? He knows. And, and it's so funny because people got so mad at me. It, Raider fans are just – they're the best and they're also the worst sometimes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. They were so mad that I continuously talked about how mad I was about Khalil Mack being traded. They were so mad that like a month later, and then even like a couple months ago, I was still talking about it. They were so mad, like, get over it. And listen, I understand, you know, you can't do anything in the past. You got to move forward to the future. But I will not get over this trade 
until they find another Khalil Mack player. Because you knew what you had with Khalil Mack. You had a first ballot Hall of Famer on your squad. You can not hit home run. You These three first-round draft picks could be all busts. You know yeah. what I'm saying? You don't yeah. know. But you knew what you had. Now, listen, I will say this, Raider Nation. They are in, let's say, the best-case scenario for what they basically – they basically made – a great situation out of a bad situation, if that makes yeah. sense. Yeah. Like, I'm okay with the situation that they're in now. Uh, I still, like I said, would not have done what they did last year. You don't blow up a a playoff roster. You know what I'm saying? But that's yeah. what they did. Oh, guess what? I'm over it. But now you have eight. You you've already addressed a lot of needs in free agency. Okay, so that's a plus, right, y'all? Already mm-hmm. a bunch of needs in free agency. Cool. Yep. Now you have eight picks. Four of them are in the top 35. You're yep. in good shape. Like I said, you need to hit home runs with these picks. All right? So last year is not for nothing. Last year was a small sample size. Obviously, it was a clown show in year one. Let's see what they can do with these picks and what they can do in year two. So on a positive note, Raider Nation, I'm going to be patient. Right? I'm going to tell you guys, let's be patient. Can't do anything about the past. Let's see what the future looks like. Gruden did not come to Oakland to fail. He is a competitor. He wants to win. So mm-hmm. hopefully the vision that he has for the future success of the franchise comes to fruition. I'm not wishing bad upon this uh, front office staff. I want the Raiders to succeed. I am just super salty that they trade away Khalil Mack. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Like, I don't know what they're going to get in, in replace of that, and that's why I have to be patient and see. You know what I'm it's saying? kind of like a Charles Woodson trade kind of all over again. So hopefully <laughs> – uh... Ah, man, I hope that. Maybe after all this, you know, you, you like to think in the back of your head, maybe Clomac does become a Raider again in the future. We'll see. We'll see how that plays out. He's going to be one of those Bears who go – another Bear defender <sighs> in the Hall of Fame. Man. man. He's going to be – I got this jersey hanging right here. I was hoping maybe one day it would become relevant again. <laughs> We're going to save it. <laughs> Some relevant again. Sorry, folks. Sorry to push your boat. Oh bubble. man, yeah, it's 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 rough. But you're right; they are making the best of it. And just like you said with John Gruden, we reiterate this a lot too on our podcast that John Gruden came here on a ten-year contract, not a two-year contract. So he's yeah. building this thing for the long term, and, and it could be ten years, and it can be beyond that. And obviously, even Mike Mayock stepping in here, uh, we thought he came in having something to prove. Uh, colleagues uh, from his past job even kind of calling yeah. him out. Uh, I don't want, I don't want to say names, but. Uh, quote unquote, if if Mike Mayock's a general manager, why can't I be a general manager? And then boom, yeah. here he goes. He lights up the off season. Uh, so this this front office has a lot to prove, and so they far, do. ooh, they're proving it. I I like it. I like it a lot. Oh, so are you um not with me on the Khalil Mack thing, or are you just no? We're with we're me? with you. We're with you. Okay. Oh, we're completely. definitely with you. I was. But now yeah. we can't. But now we can't do anything about it. So now we're looking right. forward to the future. Correct. Exactly. Yes, to me, it's just uh, I don't want to get all sad, so I don't really want to. <laughs> I don't want to talk about yeah. what you're talking about. We we we've touched on it a couple times, um, but you know, in the end, we try and focus onward and upward. But I'm glad you brought that up because uh, it seems to be kind of more of the popular opinion uh, from a lot of the people that I respect. That yes, uh, that Cleo Mac trade is something that that is always going to irk me. Yeah, but now they have the cap space and the draft capital, and they wouldn't have that if they didn't trade Khalil, yeah, yeah, Mari, yeah, blah, blah, yeah, blah. Yeah. No, I get that. <laughs> but, but I will say this. Um, 
when talking about the general manager, you know, I felt so bad for Reggie when John Gruden was hired because everybody knew that wasn't going to work. Yeah. Everybody knew that that was going to fail. That marriage was not mm-hmm. going to last. Gruden needed someone there that he respects. And, and that's sad because I respect the heck out of Reggie McKenzie, you know, uh, but he obviously didn't. He needed someone who he respects, he trusts to make decisions. Um, and let's be real, Reggie had zero say on anything that went down last year. Yeah, so Mayock comes in. He's a guy uh, who obviously Gruden, you know, respects and trusts, or he wouldn't have hired him. Mm-hmm. And Mayock, which what I like about Mayock, he's a no nonsense kind of guy, you know, and he will go toe to toe battle with Gruden on p- personnel decisions, which I think. The Raiders need. I think that's a very good thing because you cannot have John Gruden making all the personnel decisions. His track record is not good. Okay, especially yeah. when it comes to the draft. Yeah. So right. I don't have to bring out the numbers and how it was in Tampa Bay, blah blah blah. But yeah. his 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 yeah, his track record ain't good when it comes to <laughs> drafting players. So I am hoping that Mayock, you know, is a guy who who makes some smart decisions and they also have other, you know, scouts and stuff that could help them out and make some good decisions um, as well. So we'll see. I mean, shoot, four of the top 35 picks. I know. Good shape know. right there. You're in good shape right there. I'm not no, going to know right. what to do with myself on April 25th. Yeah. There's going to be so much action going on. It's I know. I, and you know what sucks? In the, all the other freaking drafts, I'm like sitting there in the Raiders um, at Alameda at their headquarters and I'm like waiting, and there's one player, and then you know, then we do a whole show on this one freaking player. Like I can't even, I don't even know what's gonna happen when they have four or well, actually three in the first round. But you know what I mean? That's a lot to uh, keep track of, and there's gonna be a ton of national media over uh, in Alameda for the draft for sure, because they're the team to to watch. Oh yeah, absolutely. And I, I love what you said too about Mayock. I. I think John Gruden probably would have given a first round pick for Antonio Brown, but I kind of, in a way, even though I'm not in the facility, I think it was Mayock that got AB for the third and the fifth, that type of value, that discipline. I think, like you said, that's what Gruden really needed was someone that, you know, could, uh, he would respect to hold them back a little bit, you know, versus giving up a third round pick for Martavis Bryant, you know? So no, I could not agree with you more. I was telling James, man, I would have gave up that, what, 27th overall pick that you did yeah. for Amari Cooper. So basically you're just trading Coop and A.B. Like, yeah. I would have done that in a heartbeat. Yeah. Me too. I'm yeah. with you. What? Yeah. We Did actually you talked it? about that same thing. I would have totally <laughs> given it up. one wide receiver? I mean, for you get the best receiver in the National Football Football League. You can agree you can agree or disagree, but he's arguably the best receiver in the National Football League for a Agreed. third and fifth round pick when you got Martavis Bryant last year for a third round pick. Yeah. And I even remember seeing a screenshot of somebody trying to make the same trade proposal on Madden. <laughs> and it got died on Madden. Oh. That is how bananas this trade. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So basically, get rid of Amari Cooper and a third and fifth round pick for Antonio Brown and a first round pick. What? So you got to, are you, what? Nah. How did Fantastic. they do that? <laughs> nah. Oh, I know what you're saying. If this was up to John Gruden by himself, uh, we would have got Antonio Brown in January for a first round pick, no doubt. <laughs> Facts. Yes. So oh, I, but man. They did pay him a pretty penny, but they have the money, so it's all good. Yeah, and he's worth it. He's worth it. He's earned it. And as you can tell, look at just in the first – man, um, obviously he gave the Steelers the runaround. Uh, you yeah. know, he had the crazy hair going. He had the blonde mustache. And then as soon as he was oh, in the God, silver was- and black, he, 
clean himself up. Yeah, he just all of a sudden flipped the switch and uh, was like, okay, mask off. Boom, we're getting back to work. And it was uh, it's like, oh, worth every penny, man. He's already he's already putting more work this offseason than I guarantee you any other wide receiver in the league. And the thing is about Antonio Brown, and I'm sure you've already spoke about this on your podcast. I mean, what, he's about to be 31 years old. Everyone's like, oh, my God, what? He's about to be 31. Why are you guys so high on this guy? One, because you're getting him for a third and fifth round pick. Two, a down year for Antonio Brown would set franchise records for the Raiders. <laughs> yeah. Like, still in his prime. Okay, and he takes care of his body. Yeah. I feel he still has at least three solid years left at playing at a high level. Agreed. Like, I I think he could play thirty till he's 35 years old. Yeah. And if and he's – sorry, he, he seems so dead set on going after Jerry Rice and his records. I fully expect a Jerry well, Rice end to his career. But he has to – but the thing is he has to play for how many more years? He has a lot of catching up to do. That means yep. he has to play until he's like 38 or something. We'll take it. Well, he, he can. <laughs> yeah, I mean, he, that. he can. I, honestly, like, the big the biggest thing that no one understands – I feel like a lot of people don't realize how important it is for you to take care of your body, Well, when, whether it is eating right, you know, working out, doing the hyperbaric chamber, whatever it is. That is – it is so important. There's – there's literally uh, guys out there who only play three to five years because they don't take that stuff seriously. Do you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Uh, and I know because my husband is a health freak, okay? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, but you can extend your your career by just eating right, taking care of your body, and he is about that. He is a, 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 a you know a personal chef. And he, he travels with him, yeah. It's crazy. <laughs> he posts everything he eats from breakfast, lunch, dinner, his snacks, and that is all clean eating. And... Um, uh, I will never call him Mr. Big Chest, but <laughs> <laughs> I'll keep on because that is so Yeah, quinoa. Where did that even I can't even. What is that? <laughs> but yet, funniest thing he's ever said. He's like, if he's rice, I'm quinoa. And oh, unfortunately, and I, was, and I said on my last podcast, rice tastes so much better than quinoa. So you shouldn't be saying that you're quinoa because rice is so much better than quinoa. But anyway. <laughs> Uh, but but yeah, he he's taking care of his body. We see it. Um, and if he continues to do that, he can definitely extend his uh, his his tenure, his uh, his career till dang near 38, 40 years old. I mean, yeah. I believe that. But um, if we're being realistic, you know, three, four solid years left in him for sure at a high level. Hey, I'll take 35 year old Antonio Brown over 25 year old Amari Cooper. Don't at me. Amari Cooper's the most <laughs> in- consistent player. That there is. And he did not want to be in Oakland. No. Like, that's the thing. So, I, I mean, you can't – he was like Mr. – Mr. Uh, he wasn't on – he was not on the uh, hands team. He was on the no hands team. He was no dropping, balls left, dropping balls left and right. But the thing is, I think it's just because, honestly, he did not want to be in Oakland. Because as yeah. we see now in Dallas, he's a completely different person. He's smiling. He's saying more than four freaking words to the reporters. <laughs> Are you kidding me? Like, who is this guy? Um, and he is putting up good numbers. Great. Good for him. I wish him nothing but the best. That's awesome. Yeah. But the thing is, he did not want to be in Oakland. And I've heard from multiple people who have played with him that he was soft. You say anything yeah. bad about him or you know what I'm saying? He he yeah. just wasn't about – he's a soft player. So, yeah. um, I'm, I hope I, – like I said, I don't want to talk trash about Amari. I wish him nothing but the best. <laughs> That's just what I heard from the people who played with him. So, anyway. I believe it. I believe 100%. Right. Yeah. And yeah, I mean, I even in some of... Sorry, you guys probably think, Dane, did you have no. a, a, a drink before this? 
No, no, it's all good. I was going to keep going. I I was actually going to say in some of Amari Cooper's best moments as a Raider, Derek Carr's go-to guy was Michael Crabtree. He was the guy at the end of the game, you know, a guy that he trusted to catch the football in contested situations with high pressure. He -hmm. went to Crab, not Coop. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I feel you. You're preaching it. Cab was on the uh, uh, crab was on the all hands team. <laughs> oh, absolutely! Crabtree was my boy. I was, I was disappointed with that. I was yeah, I know with that. that. <laughs> he, the thing is, when when you're losing, the thing about crab, that reason why they let him go, it's just the 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 um. He didn't fit the culture of the locker room. You know what I mean? Yeah, and, yeah, and the thing yeah. is, he was such a diva. Yo, we could have, as a media, reported him every single week, because you're supposed to talk to the media once a week. He did not. Oh, that's crazy. He did not. Last year with the Raiders, he would not talk to us. And guess what? And guess why? Because they were losing. When the Raiders were winning, he would do it. When the Raiders were winning, he was a team player. When the Raiders were losing, guess what? He was not. That's he was crazy. Not. He quit on the team. He quit on the team. As I say, I remember the end of that season. He was uh, shutting down. He was pulling himself out of games. Yeah, that's yep. crazy. Yep. That is crazy. So, but, hey, at least we, we turned the page. We got a new chapter here going. And uh, we don't tolerate that. You don't even make it through the season now on this John Gruden roster, as you can see. Uh, cough, cough, Bruce Irvin, uh, oh. stuff like that. It don't, it, they don't stick around. They don't stick around. But Fallon, I really appreciate you coming on here with us tonight. I appreciate the extra effort. Don't think you were chatty, Kathy, because we love that stuff. We love getting on guests <laughs> that love to just uh, blow the mic up with us, and it was good stuff. Um, for any fans here or any listeners mm-hmm. uh, that haven't tuned into your podcast, where can we find it? Oh, man, you can find it everywhere, wherever you listen to your podcast. Keeping It 300 is on iTunes, Spotify, Art19, and a bunch of other stuff. But I think those are the top three where people (laughs) listen to podcasts. So just search Blue Wire and all the Blue Wire podcasts will come up. Or just search Keeping It 300 and we should come up. So we put it out once a week. Unfortunately, we were we are not as consistent as we would like to be. <laughs> we try to put them out um, every Wednesday or at least by Thursday. Um, so that's that's the uh, plan. But yes, keep it at 300 with James Jones and Fallon Smith. Make sure you go and subscribe. Um, yeah, and rate us and write a review. Y'all know how important that is as well. <laughs> yeah, there we go. There we go. While you're writing their review, go ahead and write our review if you haven't either. <laughs> I got you. I got, and, I'll, and I'll make sure to retweet this and all this there stuff so people can listen to my appreciate crazy you. self. But yeah. Cool. Appreciate we appreciate you. the love, Fallon. Like I said, thank you again for coming on. And uh, we'll probably see you on Twitter. Yeah. Thanks for having me, y'all. Thank you, Fallon. It was an honor. Appreciate you. Yes. Have a good night. Bam. That was a. Really big interview right there with Fallon Smith. What'd you think about it, Chris? That was great. She's obviously, you know, following the team. She knows a ton about the Raiders and, you know, grew up a fan, as we talked about. That was really cool to hear her story about her grandfather and, you know, the Oakland Coliseum and Oracle Arena. And then just kind of just having a, you know, spitball Raiders conversation. It was it was fun yeah. to be a part of. Yeah, it was, it was cool to get her off air, off the cameras, um, offer even her own podcast and get the get the biased Fallon Smith on here, the 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 diehard Raider fan uh, get on here and, and match yeah. up a little bit with us. That who kinda... she truly is, man. That's who exactly. she truly is. She bleeds exactly. silver and black, clearly. So <laughs> it was good stuff. But we had some exciting stuff happen this week, Chris. Um, not necessarily big splashes, but enough to shake up our roster. And first, I want to talk about our running back group. Um, they're still on the hinge. Marshawn Lynch. Um, I believe Mike Mayock even came out of an interview and said, 
Uh, we're not going to know until after the draft, whatever's going to happen. Uh, we have currently on the roster uh, Chris Warren, the preseason hero, the preseason MVP Hall of Famer, Chris Warren, uh, DeAndre Washington, Jalen Richard. Uh, still on the hinges was Doug Martin. We thought uh, he could possibly return, but then we go out and we snag Isaiah Crowell, which, uh, in my opinion, has had character concerns. I'm not going to go in too deep with it. Google will suffice for that. But his play has been off the charts. Chris, do you want to talk about Isaiah Crowell a little bit? Yeah, well, in regards to the running back position with you know Doug Martin, as you had mentioned, it actually was reported by Big Tafer that Doug Martin was asking for too much money. So I'm not oh. exactly sure what how much he was asking for, but you know clearly the Raiders seem to have moved on and, in my opinion, got an upgrade in Isaiah yeah. Crowell. He's a versatile player. He's a really good receiving back, to be honest. Uh, he has some burst. Uh, he had a huge, you know, he had three, I would, I would say three good games last year when he got some opportunities and then he completely roasted Denver. He had over 230 total yards between rushing and receiving. Uh, so he definitely has ability, uh, that we can tap into, you know, is he, uh, you know, is he Bo Jackson? You know, no, he's not. <laughs> but, um, in terms of kind of filling a need right now that the Raiders have, which I believe they had one we talked about in previous podcasts, what's a position to watch and. You know, you and I both spoke about a, a veteran running back that we thought would be signed. They obviously tried to get Le'Veon Bell. That didn't work out. But I think adding Crowell checks a box, gives us a guy to start until we go into the draft, where I do think that there's a good chance that we'll snag a running back to add to that room. We'll try to progress Chris Warren. And then obviously Jalen Richard already has a role on this team that uh, is a little different than the standard running back, uh, but is still very effective nonetheless. Yeah, absolutely. I kind of consider him our poor man's Napoleon Kaufman. So we'll see how it tune, how it turns out. Uh, but in my opinion, running back is still a position we got to watch the rest of the offseason. Uh, whether you're looking out for Marshawn Lynch to come back, I'm one of those guys, or whether you're looking for a big splash running back in the draft. Um, we've had our eye on a couple, of course. Uh, Jacobs has been at the top of everyone's draft boards. If we go with a first-round running back, Chris, uh, you and I are both kind of – we've been on the, the Miles Sanders bandwagon here. Yeah, and I honestly, even not even high-profile first round, I think the Raiders, if they somehow get back into the third round, which that could happen via day one trade if they trade back from four to six or four yeah. to whatever, or just if they gets to the third round and they want to trade up into the third round again, I think there could be a money running back there, like a Miles Sanders, a David Montgomery, someone that they could legitimately – you know, could could compete with Crowell for the starting position. Obviously, we bring Marshawn Lynch back. Um, you know, I we all love number twenty four. You know, he's yeah. he's a bull man. He's a beast. But it, we have to, you know, probably kind of prepare that he's not going to come back. And if he does, yeah. it's just icing on the cake, man. But I definitely think third round is a really nice spot to draft a starting running back, or at least one that can compete for the starting position. Couldn't agree more. And then one other position that we've sort of buttoned up, and I think maybe buttoned up enough to where we don't see it as a complete need at all going into the draft, but if someone falls in our lap, awesome. That'd be the linebacker. Of course, last week we talked about Vontez Burfitt coming in, and we thought kind of that rounded out our linebacker room. Um, but then, of course, we came in with a splash midweek, grabbed Brandon Marshall uh, coming from Denver, He's a Las Vegas native, so he, of course, wanted to play for the Las Vegas Raiders eventually. But he only signed a one-year deal, only locking him in basically into Oakland. So um, I expect a fired-up Brandon Marshall coming in. This prove-it deal, 
is going to be much more than just a prove-it deal to Brandon Marshall. This is going to be, hey, man, you want to come home and play for the Raiders, then you need to show up and show out, and then maybe we'll give you a legitimate contract extension. And in my opinion, um, his play's been there. Of course, there's been, uh, as of late, his one knock that I'm hearing is some of his missed tackles. I haven't dug into that that much myself, uh, but definitely for me, it's just the injury concern. You keep this guy on the field, you let him get in a groove, you let him get consistent. Brandon Marshall can definitely round up this linebacker room great, and I think we have a great rotation of some veteran linebackers between Perfect, Marshall, and Whitehead to coach some of these younger guys. You know, we got we got decent linebackers sitting right behind them, ready to take over if they can't fill the shoes in Cabinda, Lee, and Morrow. All three studs, all just need a little bit of coaching. Could be interesting. Chris, how do you see this room shaking up? How do you see the starting lineup next year? Well, I think Brandon Marshall, you know, third wave of free agency is a really nice addition. You know, and you bring in, obviously, Burfecht uh, previously in the last, you know, week or two. Marshall and Burfecht both being 29, 30 years old. Uh, you know, I, I'm not sure that we should expect both of those guys as veterans, as interior linebackers to last all 16 games. So what, you know, Gunther and Gruden have done is they're bringing these two guys in here. Obviously they have Whitehead and the younger guys that you mentioned that have some potential to tap into uh, some progression to fulfill. But yeah, I think they're going to go through training camp, have a ton of competition, go through preseason. And at the end of the preseason, see who's healthy, see who's earned it. Uh, You know, and then, uh, you know, they peg, uh, having Marshall and Burfict in there with major roles on the interior linebacker position. They both have experience playing Will. Uh, I know Brandon Marshall has an extensive experience playing Mike. Burfict has played some Mike uh, more Will than anything. But uh, I think they can both play with Whitehead. We'll just see who who's the starter. You know, you could yeah. start them all three if you're in a certain package. Other than that, just see which two are playing the best if they're in nickel. And then, you know, who's healthy? Uh, you know, when you look at guys that are – as old as Marshall and Perfect are, and that as physical of a position as linebacker is, uh, it's kind of unrealistic to think that they'll both last all 16 games. So yeah. if one happens to go down, they'll have the depth there to where we're not starting a guy that, you know, they're not comfortable with playing a tremendous amount of snaps. You know, who can't get them lined up correctly? Because uh, in this in this day and age, if you're not if your linebackers or your whoever's controlling your defense and you're not communicating, getting lined up correctly, they're going to eat you alive because there's you know fast speedy guys in our division that you know are incredible in space so you got to be lined up and on the same page and i think uh whoever's on the field between those two combined with whitehead and the rest of the defense can can do just that yeah not even just those two i think between all six of the linebackers we have we have enough to deploy a nice rotation to fit our needle linebacker finally um of course if a stud falls to us i could see him being added to that room I think we got enough talent in there finally to say, okay, linebacker, we can chill on. We don't gotta, we don't gotta focus on one early in the draft. Like I was hoping, like a Devin White or Devin Bush, but you you're never disappointed, know. Cody. You're hey, disappointed. It could happen still. Yeah, you it never could. Know. Man. You never know. But, never discount John Gruden. You never know. Yep, and I'm not counting on it by any means. But then we also had, um, after of course Jared Cook officially signed with the New Orleans Saints, uh, one position that everyone is really highlighting is early round tight end now everyone's focused on tight end are the Raiders focused on tight end we'll see we'll see in the draft but in the third wave of free agency we wrapped up this week by signing tight end Luke Wilson who uh was basically a Seahawk his entire career played five or six years with with Seattle uh was very consistent played that uh kind of backup tight end role he came in 
from what I remember as very clutch um, in a lot of even the playoff games, that Wilson to Wilson connection. Um, it was very nice whenever Luke Wilson was in there and healthy and playing well. Uh, then he had one year stint in Detroit, which didn't end very well. Um, if you're listening now and you, you plan to go look at Luke Wilson's stat line or his career stats, uh, ignore last year. Um, it, it was definitely a little bit maybe of a fluke. Uh, things weren't clicking. Maybe he wasn't fully healthy type deal. Um, but I see Luke Wilson Luke Wilson as a guy that does have sure hands, but definitely comes in clutch as a blocker, kind of that all-around guy to add to the room. Uh, Chris, where do you see Luke Wilson squeezing in there? Well, you said it. I think the key there, the blocking ability, he has it. He has special teams value. Mm-hmm. And then I think Gruden and, you know, obviously they brought in uh, the Morton from the Jets. And he's the new kind of offensive coordinator-ish under Gruden. I think he's called the senior offensive assistant. But, you know, I think that whole offensive staff, they looked at Wilson and they said there might be some potential to tap into kind of like the connection he had with Russell Wilson. Uh, you know, maybe he can blossom a little bit as a pass catcher in this offense. But at the very least, we know that we have, you know, we're adding competition. We're adding a guy that we can count on to block the man in front of him, um, you know, be solid in the run game. And and then, you know, I'm sure that Bisaccia wouldn't complain with some solid special teams help. And that's what Luke Wilson gives us if he's on the roster uh, come September. And, uh, man, I mean, wrapping up the third wave of free agency, we've added a lot of players, and we've talked about them over the last few episodes. Um, I'm going to give you a quick little recap here uh, based off of additions and free agency. Plus, of course, we started this thing off with a trade for Antonio Brown. We added offensive tackle Trent Brown, wide receiver Tyrell Williams, running back Isaiah Crowell, backup quarterback Mike Glennon, another quarterback Landry Jones, Offensive lineman Jordan Devy, kind of see that guy as uh, a cheaper John Feliciano type. Uh, speedy wide receiver J.J. Nelson. Tied in Luke Wilson. And on defense, we came in, added a stud safety, LaMarcus Joyner. Linebacker Vontez Perfect. Linebacker Brandon Marshall. Safety Curtis Booby Riley. Corner Nevin Lawson. And defensive end Josh Morrow. Um, by looking at those additions, Chris, and off the top of your head from the roster last year, is there any still glaring need besides defensive end? Because that's no breaking news. We don't got to discuss that. Uh, just like Fallon said, that's not breaking news. We know we need a defensive end. Um, who are you looking for? Me personally, I see slot receiver still as a need. Chris, what do you think about this roster and who? Uh, what position do you have your eye on? Honestly, I'm looking at interior offensive line, particularly the guard position opposite Gabe Jackson. I think that's okay. probably one that I'm not completely sold on at the moment. You know, I thought good had some good moments. You like yeah. that pun there? Man, that was terrible, Chris. But uh, <laughs> but there was some solid play there. But I, I really think that the Raiders need to look at who's available at the end of the first round and try to get one of these pretty good prospect interior offensive linemen that could probably come in and beat out good, uh, you know, beat out Jordan Debbie and, uh, you know, in that kind of competition there in training camp and, and earn a starting position. I think it's, you know, a, a spot that we need to upgrade so we can just make sure that we're extra dominant in the run game next year and in pass protection for our quarterback. Uh, I think tight end is an option that it just kind of depends on who's available i I wouldn't want to reach for a tight end but if one becomes available of extreme value like if fant or hawkinson were to fall to them 
Oh yeah. Uh, late in the first round, I think that's a no-brainer, and it would be a you know a box to check. And then defensively, other than edge rusher, I would say that it'd be nice to add uh, a safety and a corner in the draft. You know, possibly, uh, you know, not necessarily, not necessarily in the first round, but maybe second round or fourth round. Um, add a couple defensive backs uh, to kind of clean up that room. Add some more speed and ability there. Uh, and then I think we're we're ready to rock for for training camp and preseason, man, and try to put on a show this year. Yeah, nothing but excitement. The next uh, three plus weeks, we're looking just to fill holes and take away that need in the draft because we got four picks in the first round, and we don't want to skip on talent just to fill a need. Um, which at this point, of course, I think we're still going for defensive end pretty heavily. But man, nothing but excitement to look forward to here at Raider Nation. Make sure you stay tuned in. Uh, Man, it, it, it's just it's just getting started, man. It's just getting started. We're working our way towards the 2019 season. And I'll tell you one other big fella here that's excited and probably ready to get on the phone, blow some steam off a little bit. We got Kenny King here behind the scenes ready to get on. Chris, you ready to, ready to grab the king? I'm always ready for the king. Let's go. Let's get some real talk going. Gentlemen, and I use that term very loosely. How the hell are y'all tonight? What's up, Kenny King? What's going on? Kenny, man? what's going on, man? Real talk time. How you doing? Man, you know, I'm feeling good. I mean, you know, I just got back from the A's game. The A's won. They beat your Angels, Chris. I know that you've never been to a game, but they beat the uh, the $400 million man, Mike Trout. Uh, so that was nice. That was beautiful. <laughs> Definitely not my Angels, even though I live right here, man. I'm not an Angels fan. <laughs> just to be clear now. I know you're in the outfield and you're just sitting there flapping your arms. So. <laughs> yep, you're right, dude. That was me as a kid, bro, I guess. I was the Angels and Outfield kid. <laughs> no, man. You know, how you guys doing, though? You guys good? Yeah, bro. We're hanging in there. We got, you know, our Raiders are, are, are kicking it up a notch. We're filling out some, some depth. We're getting the depth chart filled up. The roster's getting there. We got, what, 90 players and we're a little over halfway there. Uh, but looking good, 90. Man. 90 players big uh still a lot of cap space we got uh we we had some some big moves um raiders did cut donald penn and then he just went on uh fs1 with christine Leahy. did you guys see the interview on that i did i caught pieces of it man i got i caught pieces but can you break it down for us dude did you guys see the the portion of the interview where he was talking about marshawn giving up yards in a game yeah yeah just to prove I a did. point just to prove a point yeah hey you know, can I start this thing off? The the clips that I caught of Donald Penn, I know Donald Penn. Did you see? Uh, he had some rosy cheeks. He was uh, he was kind of he was pulled oh. back a little bit. He was enjoying himself, I think, during that interview, huh? Yeah, he was he was def <laughs> he was definitely probably uh, partaking in a little bit of that hen dog with Shannon Sharp because uh, he, he he definitely looked like he was having a good time. He might have just been trying to be funny because I mean. You know, the the girl interviewing him, she's a pretty lady, dude. I think she used to work for Colin Coward. So maybe that's what was going on, DP. You married man, wrong. but, you know, he's a married man. But, hey, you know. It, it didn't stop him before. <laughs> <laughs> so what? He uh, is now clipping all of that out. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. We're leaving it. It's raw. This, this is raw real talk here, man. We're going in it. Uh, but, I, mean, um, I mean, hey. If I was Donald, I would not. I definitely would not astray from Dominique. But you know, that's him. But 
you know, whatever. Yo, so yeah, so Donovan, you know, he's obviously he's he's had his fair share of uh of funny stories. Um, you know, most notably the guy in the parking lot and uh <laughs> You know, getting into it with getting into it with uh, Marshawn is is definitely one that probably takes the cake, especially the fact that he says that Marshawn saw a field of green to his right, yeah. which leads me to believe that we probably could have won a game, <laughs> and really just makes me wonder like what really went down, like what happened, like was it a was could it could it have been a sixty five yard gain and he could have got a touchdown and that could have been the game that we beat Denver in or. Or was it a game that we just got blown out? Like you know, really, like you got to ask yourself, right? I got two different. I got two different opinions. I think on this. The first one is the immediate fan that doesn't really care about people's personalities. I'm like, come on, dude, win the football game, pick up some yards, get the first down, right? That's my first opinion. But then my second opinion is it's freaking Marshawn Lynch, dude. I mean, kind of, it's what we expected when you got him. I mean, a, a dude that runs hard, but. Dude, that likes to play around a little bit and have fun playing football. So, I don't know. Uh, yeah. I don't know. Man, I mean, dude, look, I, the one way, you know, jobs are always on the line, right? But we don't know right. the what the score in the game. You know, the Raiders were right. winning comfortably, whatever. But I would have rather not heard that, you yeah. know? And, and I would have rather Donald Penn not say anything about it. I don't think Marshawn gives one. He could care Marshawn less. Marshawn don't that, care. Don't yeah, care. That, that Donald talked about it. But just as a Raider fan, I care. I want the yards. You know, I know we're yeah. working really hard in our game plan to get the yards. So, but it is just kind of a Marshawn thing to do. Like when he ran on the field with, in the Chiefs game and got oh. thrown out or whatever. I mean, sometimes Marshawn's just going to do things. He's a, little, he's a little, maybe a little crazy, but he's such a great dude, man. Does so much for the community. He's a beast mode. He worked hard for exactly. us overall. So I'm not going to be mad about it. And that's the thing is Marshawn is, you know, he we we know who he is. We know the kind of player he is. We know that the, the kind of person he is and what he brings to the table, um, not only from the, you know, from the organizational aspect, but but as a running back, like he's one of the best and he is the best short yardage running back in the league. So, you know, speaking of what he does and, and, and what he's doing, it's probably to, to your point, Chris, I don't I don't want to hear it. I don't want to. Yeah. I don't want to hear about yeah, it. Yeah, <laughs> exactly, dude. Better oh left unsaid. Uh, for not sure. a fan of that one. <laughs> yeah, look, hey, it's like in uh, it's like in um, in Bad Boys Two, where he's like, let's take let's take my mama's titties and put it in a little box and just tuck that away and, and, and throw it into the ocean. It's, it's something we don't need to we don't need to throw it. We don't need to talk about. Yeah, we would have never known had that interview not happened. We would have never known. Exactly. We might have thought that, that Marshawn just had the, the vision of uh, Trent Richardson and just <laughs> liked to run into the back of his tackles. Oh, man. Hey, that was funny, though. I, I got to admit, I mean, I did get a chuckle on the interview for sure. But, yeah, Donald Penn was feeling himself, and he was coming off, you know, a pretty uh, hot week. A hot week out of Raiders headquarters, of course, you know, let him go. So Of course, was, uh, of course. He was free to let loose, I think, in his own mind. Yeah, and you know, I I wish him the best, and I, I hope that he uh, I hope he lands somewhere, and you know, he I think he still has a couple years left in him, and you know, I hope he can go somewhere and make an impact on somebody because Donald Penn was a true Raider, and you know, he's he's definitely somebody where you say once a Raider, always a Raider. He is a guy that you know, yeah. we, you could truly wish well upon. Yeah. Yeah. Oh absolutely. yeah. Absolutely. Hundred percent. Hundred percent. Hundred percent with that man. But we've we've had a lot of a lot of people cluttering our timeline this week, and by people I should say these ugly yellow towels kind of floating around. 
a little uh little salty a little high on the sodium content kenny what's going on man what's going on oh you're talking about those uh those towels that look like somebody laid down on the ground put them in the put them in a homeless person pocket pulled out their penis dick slapped them <laughs> pissed on them put a little salt on them threw them in the oven and then baked them at 450 degrees and threw a b over to the raiders for a third and a fifth yeah those that's towels. exactly what happened those towels those towels that were waving proudly waving yeah, proudly this year too, remember remember seeing terrible. those things they took over oakland coliseum they took over right they were waving all hey, over the place but then what i happened? have i have a couple friends and their dad is a huge Steelers fan and he went up to oakland for that game and you best know that i let him know he went all the way up there to catch that l by that game winning touchdown from Derek. so with Look, that towel got, tucked in his back pocket, hanging, yeah. they got hanging ten down. years straight taking L's at Odak at Odak Co at Oakland Coliseum at Oakland Alameda Community Coliseum at at what? Uh, what else did we name the Coliseum? We had so many <laughs> different names, and they've taken so many different L's. Yeah, I was, was Network Associates back. Network in the Associates, day. that's right. Yeah, I remember. <laughs> Ben Rapisberger had to leave the game because he had to go and get a, a fake-ass x-ray, said the x-ray machine was broken, and then decides to come back in the fourth quarter thinking that he can do something. Nah, bro, you're done. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. Gosh dang, man. But what's and going their, on with these fans, and their dude? Best, and their best receiver, who is now our best receiver, so I'm not going to talk too much, <laughs> he got shut receiver. down by GC. He was sitting there stuck on Conley Island, but guess what? That's only going to make Conley and A.B. better. So I'm not going to talk about A.B. because, you know, I think it was more of a quarterback issue than it was an actual A.B. issue. Yeah, and all yeah. I know is Derek would have played. Ah, uh, yeah. So. <laughs> uh, there's no question that Derek would have played. I mean, Derek, Derek just wanted to come out there with a, with a pin in his leg and a plate in his leg trying to come back against Houston and, and, and try to win a playoff game instead of having Connor Cook out there. But But I digress. But remember, but remember here, Derek Carr isn't Big Ben. And you know what I say, man? Damn he's right not. he's not Big Ben. You're damn right no, he's not Big Ben. Derek yeah. Carr is not Big Ben. You're not going to see Derek Carr in the news for, for raping a college girl and, yep. and getting away with it. You're not going to see Derek Carr getting in a motorcycle accident for with a DUI. You're not going to see that, okay? But what you will see is you will see these salty Steeler fans on our timeline talking all this trash, talking about they don't want A.B. Well, you saw the meme that Cody put out. Cody put out my son Caden crying more than a more than a Steelers fan would ever cry because of the, because of the bull stuff that they're talking about. I mean, come on, dude. These dudes are sitting here whining. Oh, wait until AB shows his true colors. Yeah, we show his true colors. It's black and silver. He he still doesn't yeah. master the he still doesn't master the silver and black, but that's okay. You know, we'll we'll, we'll get past that. I love it, man. If one, if Antonio Brown's proven anything to us, man. Is that he played them, man? He played them so good. We just we talked about it a hair with Fallon, man. He came out with his blonde mustache, acting like he don't care about football no more, saying he don't need the league. But guess what? Once that pen hit the paper, that ink got down, dude flipped the switch and he was just ready to roll. And he's been working his tail off, and man. I'm ready for it. I'm here for this. You know what? AB is a true professional. He's uh. I, I, I like to I like to com, I like to compare him to to a Kanye West where you, you think that he's crazy, but he's crazy like a fox. Where it's, <laughs> he's playing he's playing the game and he's playing you and he's playing these mind games with you to make you think that wait does he really know what he's talking about or is he is he just nuts? But by a long shot, I'd definitely say that Antonio Brown was the best thing that's happened to this franchise this offseason. 
but we've had a lot of signings, Kenny, and I know you're stoked on a lot of these players. How do you feel about it, man? Well, first and foremost, I think that the greatest signing this offseason was Mike Mayock. I mean, I think oh. that what the the knowledge that he brings and the the relationship that he has with John Gruden, I think that that is monumental for this team and and moving forward. I think that them being on the same page, um, one only helps Derek Carr only helps Derek Carr progress as a quarterback, but I also think it helps John Gruden progress as a coach because he doesn't have to worry about his GM not favoring the picks that he has and, and the players that he has. Um, I think that now that he knows that he's got somebody who is an actual talent scout, um, who has been doing this job for 17 years and has been evaluating talent at a high level, just like John Gruden does, I think that it puts him in a prime position to be at his best. I think that also, I think that, you know, with AB, obviously AB is the, the best, the best signing that we've had uh, in, in a long time. And the most in, you know, Chris, Cody, we've all talked about this. Uh, the AB signing is probably the, the one that we've been the most hyped for. Um, but, you know, Tyrell Williams, Trent Brown, uh, Bontez Perfect. I know, Cody, you, you were you were a little low on that, but, mm-hmm. but I, I think that, you know, it's huge. And, and then adding Brandon Marshall, man, I, the guy's a Super Bowl champion. Um, he's he's been a solid middle linebacker for the for the Denver Broncos. And for us to take him uh, from a rival team and, and to put him in a position where he's going to, you know, ball out for us and then go to his hometown of Las Vegas next year and play, I think that's huge. Yeah. But I also think that you know we got to look at the other things. Joiner, um, but then moving into. Moving into the next phase, because obviously we're in phase three of a free agency and everybody's still asking, you know, what are we going to do about an edge rusher? What are we going to do about an edge rusher? Well, we got Josh Morrow. So, <laughs> you know, we're good. We're good. <laughs> oh, man. No, man. You know, I like Josh Morrow, but I mean, to put him at, to peg him at defensive end, I don't know. No. Short yardage situations, though, Josh Morrow is going to be great. I mean, Duke can stop the run. Duke can yeah. stop the run. No problem. You know what I'm saying? But I, what I think is, <laughs> you know, come come the middle of April when Ziggy Ansah has his, when he has his physical and he meets with his doctor, I think that he will be a Raider. And, you know, you can you can mark my words right here. And, you know, I've been putting a lot of putting a lot of things out there, putting a lot of sources. And a lot of times my sources are correct. And I, I think that Ziggy Ansah will be a Raider. You can oh. you can you can put it, stamp it. Oh, uh, this like is it. a hot take. And I'm, I'm saying it. Um, but I also think going into the draft, I think we look at these players and we look at the, the position that we're in. We have a great position to be great. Oh, yeah. Um, you know, I, at number four, and I, I tweeted this earlier, at number four, we can go 10 different ways and I wouldn't be mad at the pit. You know, at, at 24, 27, we can go a lot of different ways and I wouldn't be mad at the pick, but I also think that, that Gruden and Mayock are going to make some moves and they're going to make some changes. They're going to make some trades and they're going to make, they're going to shock some people. I so, was going to say, man, I was going to say those eight yeah. picks, you can't, you can't, don't put those in pin yet. Those eight picks are going to get shuffled around. We talked about it a little bit, uh, Chris, yeah. whenever we brought up running backs, Chris even brought up, uh, we could be moving back up into that third round. You never know. Some talent falls in there. Uh, we can no doubt trade back in and get that guy that we need. And if you, you'll you see, I said it even last night on the live stream, if you see us trade up and grab a player, that's because they saw this player that they highly value fall just a little too far and they had to grab him. So if exactly. that situation falls into place, be excited for that player because obviously Gruden and Mayock wanted that guy bad. 
And I think, and I think what you know, what excites me the most about this draft, and and not to stray off topic, but you know, what excites me the most about this draft is that we are going from you know a position where, oh, I hope we get this guy, I hope we get this player, to, you know what, whatever they do, I feel good about, and yeah. I'm not going to question it because. You know, before where it was, you know, when Reggie would make a pick, you, you, you kind of question it. When you when you select a Jahab Ward or a Shuli Calhoun or a DJ Hayden or you know a Mario Edwards, where you you, you sit there and pray and hope and and wish and or Eddie Vanderdose, where you you would really uh, Obi Melifonwu, where you just wish that they would be really really good, and they just don't pan out, and then you. You, you sit there and look at, okay, how did this guy get executive of the year? Because he was great with salary caps. Wonderful. What are we going to do to make this team better? Because salary caps are great. You know, contracts are great. But at the end of the day, we need players on the field. And who are these players going to be? And if we can go out there and we can make these moves and we can get the players that we need and we can get the we can get the bodies on this field that, that are actually going to make an impact and not just be a body... I'm telling you, it's like I've always said, we're building a system and not not just a team. I feel you, Kenny, and I, I'm so glad you brought that up. And it's like we just have a dude. You build teams that can sustain winning over the long haul by building through the draft. And to have the draft guru and Mayock, a relationship yeah. that works really well with John Gruden, who, in my opinion, is a really good coach. He just needed someone to be you do the executive part of things like Mayock is doing and he's handling it like a boss mm -hmm. and if we could just get these draft picks going man and combine them with some of the money that we use pretty well in free agency I mean things can turn around really quick and I I'm excited dude and also dude you throwing out Ziggy Ansa, dude you got me fired up yeah man. I'm ready for Ziggy oh, Ziggy man. is the Ansa. yes Bro, I just I just look at what what we could have with you know th picture it you got Ziggy, you got Mohurst, you got Woo! you got Jelly and PJ, you got uh, Hankins, you got Arden Key. We add, say we add Quinn and Williams. Ooh. Say we add, say we add uh, Ed oh, Oliver. Oh man, you're talking dirty. Say we right add, now. say we add Clellan Farrell. Yeah, man. Maybe we go in there. Even some, even some later guys. Maybe we grab a Jalen Ferguson. Maybe we grab a LJ Collier. Maybe we grab, you know, just more depth guys. Just to just. Man, why don't we just draft them all? Oh, son of a I mean, we got the picks. Bro. We got the picks to do it. <laughs> I got the picks. Trade them all. Like, get get all the top five picks. Every single one of them. Hey, it's like it's like Pokemon, man. Got to catch them all. Got to catch bro. them all. Can we, can we talk about this, man? So, real quick, I just want to bring this up, Kenny. So, you know, the whole talk throughout the whole offseason was Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray, Kyler Murray. We're sitting here. Derek Carr's our guy. We, we look at yep. him. He's our franchise quarterback. We can win with him. We have one with him. We got to build around him. So, now it's come out that it's pretty certain that Kyler Murray is going to Arizona now. So yeah. now I'm starting to see all this Drew Locke and Haskins, all these jerseys being pre-made, and dude, did uh, you all see this, that like mock trade draft? up from four to two? Yeah, yeah, Cody, oh, exactly. The trade up from gosh. four to if we trade up from four to two to draft any quarterback, much less, in my opinion, the third best quarterback in the draft when we already Freaking have a quarterback. Oh my gosh, dude, I'm gonna lose my mind, bro. So if we so, trade up to two, it better be for Nick Bosa. That's all I'm saying. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Well, one, I don't think we should trade with the Niners at all, ever. 
point blank period. But two, let me let me. I gotta give a shout out. I gotta give a shout out to Rollick and Raider. Uh, <laughs> I told him I'd give him a shout out, so let me let me give that shout out. And it, and it actually goes hand in hand with the fact that he was the one that was making the jersey. So um, <laughs> I'm here for dog. this. <laughs> yeah, I I am here for this. So dog, we're not. We're not draft. We're not trading up to take a quarterback. Like, I don't understand what people's vendetta against Derek Carr is, or you know, is it is it the fact that that he loves God? Because you know what, AB loves God too. So yeah, so you know, obviously, you know, so AB can post call God and and everything's good. But uh, but if Derek Carr is is, is preaching a sermon on, on Sunday, then obviously then he's a Jesus freak. I don't I don't understand like the the difference. Like you know, explain that to me because you know when we look at history, we have Reggie White who was the minister of defense. Nobody ever questioned his faith. Yeah, yeah. So, yeah. and nobody ever questioned if because the Packers lost or the Eagles lost that that he was the reason why. So obviously we're putting wins and losses on a quarterback's back, but at the end of the day, it's not. The Raiders were 32 in defense last year. We had yeah. we had 14 takeaways, 13 sacks. Dude, halfway I'm through sorry. the season, we were on a record streak to have like the worst defense in history, right? In like the last 50 right. years. Yeah, oh, exactly. Nuts. Now tell me, is Derek Carr playing safety? Uh, he needs to be. I mean, he probably would have covered <laughs> some more ground than Reggie, bro. I mean, I'm just saying. I I'd could probably him. cover more ground than Reggie. Can we get a race? Can we get a sprint? Can we set up a 40-yard dash between Derek Carr and Reggie Nelson? I'm, I'm here for this. I'm here for this. Uh, can we set up a <laughs> – actually, no. Can we set up a 40-yard dash between Donald Penn and Reggie Nelson? Because I think Donald Penn could beat Reggie Nelson with a Liz Frank injury. Oh, yeah. I think Donald Penn could beat Reggie Nelson even after Marshawn knocked him on the ground. <laughs> If yeah. I'm lining Donald Penn up against anybody, it's against that fan in the parking lot. Oh, dude, that was bad, dude. That was bad. I don't know what that fan was thinking, bro. As soon as Donald walked over there, he must have been like, this is a mistake. This is a mistake. <laughs> yeah, exactly. <laughs> this is a huge mistake. Oh, man. I'll tell you what, Kenny, uh, this was a definite good conversation. We got some good stuff accomplished. I'm glad we attacked those salty Steelers fans, but it ain't going to change nothing. We're still going to be battling them off on the timeline, dude. I'm telling you, they are... I don't know what their their go-to is. We've talked about this, man. We have the same situation with Khalil Mack. Do you see us going after Chicago Bears fans and getting in their mentions and trying to tell them that Khalil Mack is overrated? No, no not once. Uh, I think that I haven't even gone into uh, – one, I'm not talking to Chicago Bears fans and telling them that, they're, that Khalil Mack is overrated because he's not. Exactly. We, we, we recognize greatness. Um, you know, the, the things that Khalil Mack has done as a player – uh, the things that he's done as a man, uh, I don't think anybody should or would attack Khalil Mack. And exactly. if they do, then they, they're probably smoking crack. Uh, you know, I'm not going in Dallas fans uh, going in their mentions talking about Amari Cooper. And, you know, Amari Cooper is overrated. Mm-hmm. You know, mm-hmm. the, the guy led the league in, in drops for two years straight. So, you know, the fact that the you know that they want to they want to bring him on and, and and talk about him that's fine but i'm still not going in your mentions talking about it. you know what yeah i don't care i'm not going yeah. in, i'm not going to carolina and talking about bruce Irvin. yeah because yeah we should i'm though. just talking about i'm just talking about i'm, <laughs> hey, I'm just yeah, talking about yeah. bruce on my timeline yeah yeah, yeah. 
We got better things to do, man. We got to focus on our own team. Uh, I mean, so, hey, I mean we're having the most electrifying offseason in years. Yeah. And, you know, even though we're not being recognized by a lot of these outputs, yep. we're, we're having, or I'm sorry, by a lot of these outlets, we're having the most electrifying offseason in years. So, you know what? That's what we're here for. We're Dude. here to <laughs> we're here to announce that. We're here to put that out there. We're here to tell them about that. I'm here for that, Absolutely. man. Preach it. Can you believe that that top five? Remember the, who who put that out? Was it Bucky Brooks? Someone put out a top five acquisitions this offseason, and Antonio Brown didn't make the list. That just goes to prove this whole conversation how bogus the media is on top of the Steeler fans. They're trying to blow this whole thing under the bridge like it's no big deal. Like the Raiders are not on the come up. We have the draft capital. We have the pieces. We're going into this thing. 2019, where the, the gear has shifted. We're winning, man. We're going for playoffs, Bro. and yeah. it is They can't on, dismiss man. wins, baby. Exactly. They can't dismiss wins, dude. So when the wins start coming in, nothing they're going to be able to say, bro. Exactly, so. man. So we got nothing but proven to do. Kenny, this was a great chat, but I know we got a little extra special guest here for Real Talk. We got Layla's Corner. Layla's Corner here wants to pop in and say a word. Layla, what do you got for the folks? What up, Raider Cody? What up, Chris? How you doing, sweetie? I'm good, White Tiger. Yeah. I just want to say the Raiders are about to blow things up this year. All yeah. Right. ABDC is about to be nuts. Yeah, she knows her alphabet. <laughs> and you know what? Zicky is the answer. Hashtag. Yeah. <laughs> Raider Nation, baby. Yeah, that's that what's up. Well, Kenny, Kenny's teaching her right, man. Yeah, He's teaching Kenny. her exactly what she needs to know, man. Yeah, Kenny King, that's what's <laughs> up, brother. Raising her right. Raising hey, her right. Good conversation, bro. We got a long, exciting offseason ahead of us. Keep bringing that juice. Keep bringing that fire. And we will see you next week, brother. All right, brothers. Take care, Kenny, man. Appreciate you. Later. Boom, Chris. Just like always, I always say this every week. Another exciting week, another exciting call, another great real talk. I just, I'm going to tell you something, man. We're just so, I feel like we're in such a groove. We're so consistent. We got things flowing. The Raiders are great. We're great. We're doing good, man. I like the way, I like the way things are going right now, Chris. Me too, man. Uh, you know, it's an exciting time for the Raiders, but this is just, this podcast is so fun to do, man. The Periscopes, you know, interacting with other Raider fans and then get to talk Raiders with you. I appreciate you, Raider Nation. And I appreciate you, Cody, man. Thanks for everything you do, man. Everyone just said, everyone knows and understands Cody, not only is he the host, but he spends so much of his time, which is valuable, producing this show just so we can have some fun and talk Raiders, man. So, Cody, thank you, brother. I appreciate you, man. I appreciate you, Chris, man. It's not just about that. You're always there as soon as I got a question or I got something to talk about. You don't blink an eye. Sometimes you're busy, but it's all right, dude. We get things figured out. I couldn't do it if I didn't have Chris to talk to about it. I could tell you that much. Uh, as, soon as, something you, goes, as soon as something goes down, man, Chris is the go-to. And Kenny, man, we can't do it without our dog, Kenny. We got a three-headed monster here on the podcast. Things are going great. Raiders are great. I love it, man. I love it. But coming off of that make sure you're tuned in make sure you you're following the foundation on twitter the new raider cody foundation at foundation rcp make sure if you're on other social media platforms you're following us on twitter instagram and facebook we're all over the place 
Make sure if you're listening for the first time, you subscribe wherever podcasts are found. If you just clicked a random link, you can find us anywhere. Uh, iTunes, Spotify, SoundCloud. We're on some of the other ones. Stitcher. We're on Podchaser. All those little random third-party apps. Make sure you follow us. Make sure you get back involved in the phone calls. I want some phone calls this week. I'm going to post about it on social media too. Call into 808 650-7220. The topic is open. Drop any question. Me and Chris will be ready for it. But besides that, we're selling stickers. Make sure you buy those stickers. Make sure you're geared up for the live stream for our NFL draft. And uh, be ready for that week one tailgate party. For anyone listening here, stay tuned, stay involved, because we got more information to come on that. But week one, Chris, I am pumped. I'm ready to go, brother. I can't wait, baby. I can't wait. That's what we live for here on the Raider Cody podcast, man. We're uh, we're just growing. We're trying to connect with Raider Nation and the fans. So like I say, whenever I say listen to our live stream or call in or visit us at the tailgate, that's because we're trying to accomplish the our main goal here, man, and that's connecting with more of Raider Nation. But it was a good week. We had a great guest. Thank you again to Fallon Smith. Chris, thank you for bringing the heat as always. Shout out to the King for wrapping this sucker up. And until next week, Raider Nation, see you later. Later, Nation.